0: On this episode of the Heat Check, the first play-ins are done and the Wolves and Nets have moved on to the actual playoffs. Only two more playoff spots open and four teams left. We're gonna break down those games from last night as well as preview the 9-10s for tonight. It's playoff time, Brock, so do me a favor and drop that beat. All right, so the first round of the play-in tournament went pretty much exactly how it was supposed to be drawn up. As we said on Monday's heat check, the Nets should win, but the Cavs would cover the nine and a half, which is exactly what happened. Credit to us, the Nets' huge early lead, thanks to Kyrie Irving. By the way, Kyrie Irving, with no food and water inside of his body, practicing Ramadan, just like fasting, Going 12 for 12 is maybe one of the most uh, insane athletic achievements I've heard of, and then he just goes on and like shrugs it off when they ask him how he can do that. He's like, "Oh, it's fine. Like, um, my brothers and sisters all over the world do it too." It's like, yeah, but they're not playing against the Cleveland Cavaliers on Ramadan. Anyway, KD, of course, was KD, you know, best player on the on the planet. Um, and if you're a Nets fan, there's reasons on one hand to be optimistic. And then also, equally a lot to be concerned about. One, you blew a 20-point lead. Um, at one point, and must an opened three that would have cut the lead in the fourth to a single bucket. You needed epic games from Kyrie and KD, and you still didn't cover the number. So, Brooklyn has shown a hugely bad habit of not putting teams away in the second half or starting out slow, and that just is gonna kill them against the Celtics, who they play in the next round. If their second unit comes in, and Boston, who's a lot deeper, continues to widen the gap. It's gonna be really hard. They're gonna need Kevin Durant to go off for 50, Kyrie to go off for 50, and it's just gonna tire them out. The series is gonna be incredible though. Celtics lead the league right now in defensive efficiency and opponent points per game at 104 points per game. The more impressive thing, their, their defense travels equally on the road, and Robert Williams himself said that the Celtics are going into a postseason with the mindset that he's going to be unavailable during the first round. His surgery, partially torn meniscus, that's four to six weeks to heal minimum. And I would say that that's the only reason that the Nets have a chance. Defense is just not the same without Robert Williams. They're gonna rely on Daniel Tice uh, to back up Horford. Tice has gone from 12 minutes a game to over 24 minutes, averaging 11, five and one in his absence. Robert Williams was averaging 4, 10, and 2 with lockdown defense. Bruce Brown tried to throw shade on Daniel Tice, tried to throw shade on Al Horford, and listen, Kevin Durant is not about that shit. Kevin Durant had this to say: "Um, I mean, I mean, we can't let them get 50. Uh, we got to be physical with them. Now they don't have Robert Williams, so um, they have less of a presence in the paint, uh, and we we could attack Al Horford and, and Tice." Uh, so them not having Robert, Robert Williams is huge. Yeah. Yo, what did Bruce Brown say when yeah. he got up here? Oh, yeah. <laughs> nah, well, he said something I ain't like somebody just told me. Oh, uh, I love you. Love oh, you too, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, what did he say? alright man that's caffeine probably talking take some before the game they got them two dudes you can do the same stuff it ain't gonna be that easy I'll tell you that I know you were um, maybe half joker the Bruce comment but just when you come in that bothers you why that comment I we respect our opponents. It's like, we don't need to talk about, you know, what we're going to do to them. Like, I just don't like that, you know? Um, But that's just how Bruce is. You know, he comes in and he says that, you know, he keeps the same energy throughout the whole season. So, but yeah, like, we don't need to say shit like that. Let's just go out there and hoop. Just go out there and hoop. For the record, essentially, Uh, My man, Bruce Brown said, Daniel Tice and Al Horford are are gonna be barbecue chicken. But Tice is no slouch. He's gonna bang. I think the Celtics could win this matchup, which is like, by the way, a repeat of last year only in reverse. Like at this point last year, the Nets uh, were the team at the top of the standings and the Celtics were the one that had to claw themselves in through the playoff, uh, through the play in tournament. So I can see the same thing again, happening in reverse. I could see I know it's crazy to say, but I could see a six-game series, five-game series going the Celtics' way. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are going to have to go absolutely nuclear in order to remain competitive. Kevin Durant, of course, can win two games by himself, but defensively the Nets are very, very undermatched, And the Celtics have a complete team defense that extends deep into the bench. Everyone is bought in, and that's troubling against a team for the Nets with a team with zero depth. Kevin Durant's gonna to have to play 40 plus minutes. Now that Joe Harris is out, Patty Mills is gonna be the one coming off the bench. He's good, but not good enough. And I think that the Celtics are going to eventually wear Kevin Durant and the Nets out and their stars will just get too tired. And at that point, the Celtics can just take advantage of the mismatches. The question mark for me is, will Ben Simmons even play at all? There's optimisms in, in some quote unquote circles, but listen, Nash is telling us he's not even sprinting yet, which means he's probably working, doing five on five drills. Like his, if, if Nash tells you he's not even sprinting, he's probably going five on five because he's just been lying to us all year. Prediction time, Celtics in six. All right, out West, second play-in game. Woo! What a gritty win for my Wolves. My Wolves. My Wolves. Came up huge. Take the seven seed from the Clippers. We talked about how the Clippers had too much experience for the young Wolves and that they'd outlast him in a tight game. And for most of that plan, that's exactly what happened. But, but then some little wrinkles happened close to the end of the game. So Ty Lu's plan was to nullify Carl Anthony Towns. And that, that worked out perfect, absolutely perfect. Could not have gone better. Carl Anthony Towns had four fouls with about five minutes left in the second quarter. Then picked up his fifth foul in the third, fouled out on a dumb over-the-back foul with eight minutes left in the fourth quarter and the Clippers were up 10 and it felt, like, it felt like a disastrous situation. I thought that that was it. No Towns, Clippers in complete control, sleep mask, Wolves playing for their lives and the eight seed Thursday night. But you know who did not get that memo? D'Lo and Beverly and especially Ant-Man. From the tie in Carl Anthony Towns, took a seat on the bench. The Wolves went on a 16 and two run, never trailed again. Lots of people unhappy with Ty Lue's coaching in the last six minutes. But when Anthony Edwards is doing whatever he wants, I don't know much, how much you can do. So speaking of Ant, he went for 35 and two in that game, had five threes. I think his three point prop um, from a gambling standpoint was two and a half. After the game, he named his new Ant dog his new dog, Ant Junior. He opened an IG account for that dog, and after the game, he used that account to congratulate himself on making the playoffs, who I just absolutely love. I love him. So anyway, we get the seven seed Wolves taking on the number two Grizzlies. Probably the the best series to me in the entire playoffs. Steven Adams and Jaron Jackson are going to be a huge problem for Carl Anthony Towns. The Grizzlies and Wolves have become I would say uniquely good home courts. It's a rough man, matchup for, for Memphis to be a two and them to be a seven. This, they should be playing the Jazz right now. And when you have Chuck and Shaq who are taking the Wolves in the matchup, it feels like the Wolves are just, quote unquote, the sexy pick and tells me also people haven't been watching Memphis all year long. I think that this is gonna be a tight matchup. Jaw versus Ant in terms of star power, electric. Dylan Brooks versus Pat Bev, insane. Jaron Jackson Jr. versus Carl Anthony Towns, that's also great. And Anthony Edwards in high pressure moments is, I think he's going to rise to the occasion and become a superstar. Steven Adams will body cat every single time and he'll frustrate him every single time. So probably Chris Finch will plan on D'Angelo Russell being the main guy. Both teams have very deep benches. They have role players who can step in if someone gets into foul trouble. Um, we saw Nas Reed. Nas Reed, two crucial buckets, one from three, one underneath the basket. And I think that that this series has the chance for that kind of a thing to happen again. Role players showing out. Bench has DeAnthony Melton, Tyus Jones, Zaire Williams. Uh, What's that kid I always think is Derek White? Kyle Anderson, a.k.a. Derek White, also really very good bucket. And the key player to me for the, for the Wolves is, is D'Lo. He went off for 30 when they won those two, goal, two home games this year. And when he's hot, he just doesn't miss. He's a walking heat check. We saw that last night as well. Dribble, dribble, pull up, three, put him up, five, I wanna say. And the key player for me for the Grizz has gotta be Dylan Brooks. Pat Beverly for the Grizzlies. Didn't play in any of those games, by the way, that the Wolves and the Grizzlies played against one another. He's gonna be a huge factor, I think and Pat Beverly try to go against the world and tell the world that nobody can guard Anthony Edwards, but Dylan Brooks is going to be the man to try. I think Desmond Bain's gonna be on D'Angelo Russell, and with Dylan Brooks in the game, that changes the entire defensive scheme from top to bottom for Memphis in a huge way. My prediction, prediction time, Grizzlies in seven. All right, let's move on to the 9-10 matchups that go on tonight. Hawks versus Hornets. What a gross game. Like if people are, oh, you don't like Trey Young versus Lamelo Ball. Like it's just a, it's not a good game. Like the level of basketball quality is low. We've got guys chucking from 30. I don't see this happening for the Hornets. Atlanta wins games at home and pretty much only at home. I'm not sure who's going to be able to check Clint Capella down low, given that you just got Montrez Harrell and one Plumlee. You know, this issue obviously is no John Collins and Lou Williams are out. But the Hawks have been playing without them for a while now. The Hornets, to me, to win this game, are going to have to shoot like 45% from three. Oubre is going to have to go nuclear. You know, LaMelo and Terry are going to have to actually try on defense, which is a huge ask in Charlotte this year. I mean, these teams are just going to be chucking. What is the total? 236 and a half. I want to say it is. The total in this game, the, amount, the combined points that Vegas thinks is going to be scored is 235.5 and a half. So over, over 117 points each. That is un, unreal. So I guess to me, if, if Charlotte gets hot and Atlanta goes cold, that's that's the way it happens, I guess. It doesn't feel like it's gonna happen to me. It just doesn't, you know? Like, it's, it's they're just too injured. Gordon Hayward's not around. There's too many issues with the center position. I mean, you know what time it is. It's not, I don't even know why I'm previewing this game. Truthfully, both these teams are disappointments. I guess Trey Young, you could say is like, he's got playoff experience cause he's gone to the Eastern Conference Finals. But like a lot of that was the Sixers throwing up all over themselves. So I give it, I give it to Atlanta. I give it to Atlanta. Both just, I mean, what? Like, you win the chance to lose the Heat? Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. You, you have to beat, but you have to beat the Cavs the next game. I give it to the, the Hawks. The number's five and a half, I wanna say. The, the betting number, five and a half. No shot. I think Charlotte could cover. No bet there. Absolutely no bet there. All right, let's move forward to the better game of the night, I think. Out West, Spurs, Pelicans in New Orleans. Great story for both of these teams. They were absolutely cooked. Just both were supposed, I think what, the New Orleans Pelicans went one and 12 to start the season. This team's in the plan, one and 12. They lost their first 12 games. That's absurd. I think they went two and 16 to start the year. Don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is. And then all of a sudden, They end up getting some performances. Once they decided we don't need Zion no more, we're not waiting for Zion, things started to roll. Herb Jones started playing a lot better. Devontae Graham started playing better. They traded guys out that they didn't need like Nikhil Alexander Walker. Jackson Hayes has been getting minutes. Obviously the JV uh, to New Orleans trade was huge. He's been putting up like 18 and 12. And then of course the CJ McCollum trade, As a Portland Trailblazer fan, I already know what he can do. He can perform in huge minutes, huge moments, like the Western Conference semifinals against the Nuggets where he had an electric game seven where they had to come back from, they were down like 20 points I wanna say in the fourth quarter to the the Nuggets. So I think that you have to give the edge to New Orleans, which is crazy to say just because Greg Popovich is that guy. He's one of the best head coaches in the NBA and has been for a very long time. The Spurs are interesting. They got interesting when Greg Popovich got interested in coaching again, truthfully. Um, And probably because everyone seems to want to push him into retirement, but they're hot right now. They won, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) excuse me. They won, oh, they won seven of the last nine games seven of their last nine games before clinching and resting their starters, including beating the Pelicans by four on March 26th. I like the Spurs, I think they can light it up, but I don't trust Jakob Pertl with the game on the line against JV, Jonas Valanciunas. So I give it to the Pelicans. I don't necessarily think they'll cover, but I think they'll win. In two days though, we're gonna have a whole playoff schedule set. We have Celtics, Nets, Memphis, versus Minnesota. Golden State versus Denver. Mavs possibly without Luca. By the way, Golden State possibly without Steph versus the Jazz. Mavs versus the Jazz. Sixers versus the Raptors. Bucks versus the Bulls and the Heat and the Suns with the final winners of the final play-in game. Let the fun begin. I cannot wait. Um, Just a little baby episode, just a tiny, little baby episode that is all the time that we have for the heat check we will be back friday to preview the number one and number two playoff series uh number one and number two seed series follow the heat check to help you prepare for the playoffs do not forget to download subscribe tell your friends every damn one of them also follow us on heat on social at this heat check and at trista crick on tiktok and at trista underscore crick on Twitter. We will see you Friday and enjoy tonight's play Games.